Hey listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Put a Ring on It. Today we're diving into the big bad world of Pinterest, but before we do, we wanted to start out this episode with a little shout out to Liz. She gave us some awesome feedback and thanks to her, we're going to be trying out a new format for today's episode. Give it a listen and let us know what you think. Hello and welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast, a podcast from me, Danielle Pasternak, wedding coordinator of DPNAC Weddings. And me, Daniel Moyer of Daniel Moyer Photography. The Put a Ring on It podcast is for brides, grooms, and anyone planning a wedding who wants insider knowledge, behind the scenes stories, and downright sensible wedding planning advice. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Put a Ring on It podcast. I'm Dan Moyer. And I'm Danielle Pasternak. And today on the show, we're talking about Pinterest the good, the bad, and the DIY project that looked way easier than it was. So, what is Pinterest? We're going to make a few assumptions here and say that you already know what Pinterest is, even on a basic level. If you don't know what Pinterest is, because maybe you're using AOL and some Messenger still, keep listening because you might learn a thing or two. We believe that Pinterest is addicting, but we believe that Pinterest is for gathering inspiration and saving it for a future reference. I always like to say that remember when we were younger and we would flip through those magazines and we'd cut out pictures of things we liked or places we wanted to go or cool outfits and pin them to the corkboard in our room? That's what Pinterest is, but on a digital level and on like steroids. I totally did that. Except I taped everything to the front of my book covers. You would do that. So Dan, before we dive into it, How do you use Pinterest? Do you use Pinterest? I do, and I use it for a pretty simple way. I usually use it for just like saving recipes, for saving things that I want to do around the house. Um, Just very, very basic, very general ways of kind of organizing information and things that I want to save for later reference or just ways to be inspired. Cool. I I have um, a Pinterest board or two under my name Uh, (laughs) or thousands or thousands I think I'm well over a couple thousand I think 3,000 pins or something I I really like to use Pinterest both personally and professionally I know there is definitely a Harry Potter board on my group of things Um, (laughs) but what I really like about Pinterest is I could have secret boards or I could have public boards. So back to that corkboard reference, if you want to broadcast your corkboard of all of your Leonardo DiCaprio cutouts to the world, that's basically <laughs> a, a public Pinterest board, right? Um, but on the other side of things, sometimes you're working on a project that's a little bit more private, and those are secret boards. So depending on who follows you on Pinterest, you may want to make your board secret, as opposed to the standard public board. Secret boards are only visible to the owner of the board and anyone you invite to also pin on that board. So say, Dan, you were pinning about your crazy love for um, Zoe Deschanel, right? You're not supposed to tell anybody about that. I know. Well, I did. The cat's out of the bag. (laughs) So you have a private board, and you and your wife, Rachel, are the only ones who know that you guys have this, like, you just think she's like this cool, quirky chick, right? So just the two of you would be able to see those pins and what you pin on it, but it's still accessible to you, like you said, to save for for down the road. Um, 
for a wedding standpoint and from a couple that's planning a wedding, I like secret boards because your guests won't be able to see the inspiration that you're gathering for the wedding. And if you find a really steel-worthy idea, they won't be as fast to call you out on it that maybe you didn't come up with that awesome idea all on your own. <laughs> One thing to keep in mind when you're adding people to pin with you on these shared boards, whether they're secret or public, it doesn't matter, Um each time, depending on their settings within Pinterest, they're going to receive an email notification each time you or someone else pins something to that board. It can be shut off, and I recommend it to save some inbox sanity. I like to keep mine on. I still receive notifications from my clients because it's a good reminder and shows me what's on their mind at the moment and so on. But I always say when you're going to be sharing your Pinterest board with other people, ask them first if they really want to be part of your pin frenzy. Mm -hmm. um, that way they're in the loop as much as they want to be without getting completely overwhelmed. Because while it's your wedding and you may be really excited about your centerpieces, maybe your maid of honor is maybe less excited about that part of things. <laughs> um, while she is probably very supportive or he's very supportive, it's, it's, it's great to have that conversation with them first to make sure that they're cool with what you're going to do. Gotcha. So, so I can imagine when a lot of people get into this, they just start throwing things up there. They have inspiration or they find it on a website and they're thinking, oh my gosh, this is such an amazing thing. I need to save this for future reference. I need to save this for the wedding. So they just have this one wedding board and they just start throwing things at it. And they, before they know it, they've got a thousand pins up there of just all these different things. How, I mean, from a planning standpoint, how do you go through and start organizing some of this chaos and making it more bite-sized manageable chunks. Right. So I think it's easy, like you said, to just create one big board from the start. And that's okay. If you've already done that, that's totally fine. But the best way is to set yourself upright from the get-go to avoid chaos down the line. And the earlier start, the easier it's going to be to organize things. And once you have a pin, um, you can always edit it and change which board it's on. It's It doesn't really take too long to do that. So grab a glass of wine and dive into it. But there's really a few different ways you can organize it depending on how organized of a person you are. I'm a little bit on the type A crazy OCD side. side. OCD side, yes. There you go. <laughs> um, with really liking things being in their place. But some examples of specific boards that you can have would be one like florals and decor. So everything like bouquets, boutonnieres, centerpieces, arrangements. Another mm -hmm. one would be attire. So maybe a few dresses that you're looking at or styles of dresses. Maybe the wedding party outfits, including kids and, you know, both genders. Uh, another one I like to see a lot is hair and makeup. Those are always really well together. Uh, maybe food and drink if you're exploring the world of signature drinks. Uh, paper. So invitations. Save the dates. Menus, ceremony programs, place cards, those always seem to pair well together because they should all be cohesive on your wedding day. Another one is cool details. So things like signs and photo booth ideas or really unique guest book ideas. Uh, I've seen many cool Lego cake toppers, uh, things like that that really vibe well together. Speaking of vibe, uh, if you have a certain theme that you're going with, naturally a Harry Potter themed wedding, that deserves its own little board. Um, I, I have a personal favorite. I have a, a board called Killer and Must Read Articles. Hmm. So any article that I see that I feel like is really great to save for down the line, it just has some good information in it, I'll pin it to my must read killer article board to save for later. So I feel like that's a good one. So if you're 
responsible for supplying all the alcohol for your wedding, A Practical Wedding has an amazing one that breaks down how much of everything you should get with formulas and percentages and all that. That one's pinned on my killer and must-read articles because I feel like it's a really good reference. Um, And then I always think it's always good to have like a catch-all or like miscellaneous one for something that just doesn't fall into one of those categories. And obviously this is your wedding. You can customize your boards however you like and have as many or as little as you like. I don't recommend having many more than 10. can get a little bit um, difficult to categorize them after that. But, you know, write it down on a piece of paper and organize from there. Is there a way to, and forgive my basic knowledge of this part, is there a way to like have all of these mini boards underneath like one giant heading? Or is it just like I've got all of these like florals, attire, hair, makeup underneath just, it's just there, that's it. Mm -hmm. So as of right now, this is early 2016, there is no way to have sub boards under Mm -hmm. main boards, although I think it might not be a bad idea. Um, However, I don't know if it's 100% like a necessary thing for Pinterest at this point. Mm, Very cool, okay. Mm -hmm. Do you use it for anything other than posting for weddings or sharing inspiration or saving inspiration for clients? How do you use it personally? Um, well, I use it personally. We, I'm, I'm like you. I like to save recipes and food. I always get that like roadblock when I'm trying to figure out what's for dinner tonight. Um, I have a whole one just for books. I have a board that's full of like inspirational people that I feel like I go to that when I am feeling a little stuck creatively, whatever it may be, I go to that and say like, okay, let's just, let's just work through a few things. Like I said, of course, there's a Harry Potter one. (laughs) Really terrible on that. (laughs) Name, name one of your secret boards. Oh, one of my secret boards is Home Suites. <laughs> home Suites, elaborate. Home Suites, yeah. So it's um, my partner Mike and I are um, very DIY. I'm less creative and talented than he is, but <laughs> I'm always finding something on Pinterest for the house that he can create potentially <laughs> and I could support and clap as he goes. I'm currently... Um, wearing a belt that he made and a wallet that he made is in my back pocket. Yeah, he's a, he's a very creative dude. So I like to have a board just full of home stuff. But I feel like uh, because my brand is very wedding centric, that I don't necessarily want to bog down people who follow me for that wedding content to be like, why is she pinning about bathroom organization? All of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> so I keep that one private. And Mike and I share that board together. And I think he gets a whole lot of emails notifications when I'm pinning stuff and I feel bad, but that's okay. <laughs> he just knows what I'm thinking. So Danielle, can we share all of the that nice list that you just gave us in the show notes to help people out? Yeah, definitely. I'll put that together. Um, we'll put it in the, the episode show notes for today, which would be put a ring on it podcast.com slash zero zero eight. I'll list them all out there. Um, and we'll also link to our Pinterest boards too, so that you can kind of see what we're up to. Okay, cool. We're going to take a quick little short break right now. When we come back, we're going to be talking about using Pinterest for good instead of evil. Disney style. Coming up this season, we've got some incredible new episodes for you. Out of our conversation with Catherine Hamm and her bridal rebrand campaign, we came up with a great episode called Great Grooms that we're really, really excited about. We've also got another really great conversation about Unplugged Weddings too, which is, I'm sure, one that a lot of people want to hear about. 
And don't forget, we're working on a huge Q&A episode to wrap up the season. Send us your wedding questions via the website, email, or in the Put a Ring on It Facebook group, and we'll give you a shout out in the show. Okay, team. Welcome back to episode eight of the Put a Ring on It podcast. In the first half of this episode, Dean and I covered the basics of Pinterest. Now we're going to get into the more meat and potatoes of how to avoid over Pinteresting for your wedding. So how to use Pinterest for good and evil. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. So I think the first one, Dan, I imagine is near and dear to your heart. I always like to say what not to pin. And if you rewind a little bit in this episode, you'll notice I did not mention having a Pinterest board for and I'm using air quotes here, photography. Yeah. I know a lot of people will pin things about, you know, photo poses and, um, you know, location and lighting and all that kind of stuff. But the reality of it is, is that you're never going to be that same couple in that same place with that same light. So recreating a a picture or a pose or whatever is going to be very difficult. And I think in most cases, it may hinder the photographer who's shooting your wedding because instead of looking at this the space and what they're given and being creative and allowing them to do the job that you hired them to do they start thinking more about the list at least that's the way that I start that's the way that I think they start thinking more about the list and and the shots that you like want them to get rather than using their artistic ability to create something in front of them That's true. And we're not saying not to give your photographer a list, especially when it comes to family photos. Like they want to know, I want to put a photo of me and my brother and my mom or whatever it is. We're talking more about those poses where you're like, I want a picture of me standing on that rock, on that cliff, on that mountainside, with that sunset, with that hunk of a dude and that million dollar dress with like the wind just blowing just right. Those are the things that are next to impossible and pretty much are impossible for photographers to recreate. So when you create a board that's full of that, you're setting yourself up for disappointment. And the last thing you'd really want is to be disappointed for your wedding day because if you go back to episode seven, just take a listen because Liz makes a few really, really great points about focusing on joy for your wedding, making that as your goal rather than cultivating the perfect image or trying to recreate the best Pinterest photo that you could find. And something we talked about a bit in episode seven was that not everything you see on Pinterest or on blogs or magazines is real. A lot of the Mm -hmm. things are styled and shot for publicity for the pros involved for it. So when you see this beautiful tablescape or whatever it may be, it's not always for a real wedding. And that makes it really hard to scale when it's translating for 100, 200, 300 guests. That can add up really quickly. Um, And a lot of the pins are from, again, using air quotes, platinum weddings, which with budgets well into the six figures, which I think on average, most couples don't have that type of budget for their wedding. Yeah. Look closely at some of those styled pictures that you may see on Pinterest, and you'll see a small table with two or three or four place settings. So as Danielle said, scaling that up can be really, really difficult and very costly. Right, exactly. It's not just a matter of of ease of scaling it up. It's the cost that comes with it. Um, A lot of things are hand-lettered and just absolutely stunning. And, you know, there's ways, though, too, that you can – take that inspiration and say, this is what I really love about this and mm-hmm. find ways to do it on a budget that works for you. Maybe it's possible. Uh, maybe it's not possible, but it sometimes never hurts to ask 
and see what is possible within your budget. There's a lot of technology advancements today that people can do some really cool stuff. One of the things I like to do as we're going through a wedding project is editing our boards once we have a more clear vision of where the wedding's going to be going. I think in the beginning it's safe to say that you have a lot of really broad general ideas and as you go through the planning process you start making decisions with your partner that helps really narrow in your priorities, your overall goal for the wedding. And once you do that, I love when couples go back into their Pinterest boards and start editing out the things that don't necessarily align with their overall wedding vision anymore because when they go to share that with the pros that they're working with, which we're going to talk about in a little bit here, mm-hmm. it helps have a really clear vision of what you are looking at and what you're what you're envisioning for your wedding day. I also like using Pinterest's uh, features of adding comments and captions so that as you go through and pin things, you can make a note for yourself for later on that, hey, I really liked this font of this invitation, or I really liked this color flower of this bouquet, or I really like the style of this cake, things like that. I think it's also safe to say that there is an etiquette when it comes to Pinterest. A few years back when Pinterest first came out, there was a huge stink about copyright issues and not Mm -hmm. giving proper credit. So when you are pinning things from websites or going through and gathering inspiration and, and doing what have you, as you're adding or changing captions or comments or whatever it is, try not to delete that initial credit that was given to the photographer or the designer or the cake artist or whatever it is, because they put a lot of work into creating that photo so that you could share it and gather inspiration from it. And to take that credit away from them is totally sucky. Yeah, it is sucky. (laughs) So Dan, as a photographer, I imagine that this could potentially be a, a uh, per se problem for for photographers. Yeah, the only cases I've seen where, where it was potentially an issue is where like somebody screenshotted an actual image from their website and put it on there and it's just got floated around without any credit or recognition to where they found the image. Yeah, because I guess the last thing you'd want, especially as a photographer, because you're really the one responsible for creating that image with lighting and composition and other photography words, you cr- took all this time to create the image And it gets shared, and that's an amazing feeling, but no one knows that it's you. And that's a big bummer. Yeah. I guess, which leads us to another part of Pinterest that I see a lot is you see an amazing wedding invitation. And then a couple takes that invitation to their graphic designer or the person doing their invitations and says, here, I want this. A lot of times that work is copyrighted work. That's somebody else's work. So while Pinterest is really great for inspiration, stealing or copying someone else's artistic creation is never an okay thing. Mm -hmm. And at times can be an infringement in copyright. Yeah, exactly. And it's not just you. You're asking a professional to do the same thing. And you never want to ask or expect your pros to copy anything you find on Pinterest. It's great to pull inspiration, but... To copy it word for word or, you know, font for font or whatever it is, is is not okay. Especially when it comes to things like stationery, um, mm-hmm. things like that, signs. Yeah. So speaking of pros, when you start showing your Pinterest boards to your different wedding pros and you start sharing with them, be sure to explain what specifically you like about that pin. It could be color, the texture, maybe the shape of the bouquet or the font or just the general vibe. But a lot goes into one picture and what what sticks out to one person 
might not stick out the same way to somebody else. Um, and you just want to be very clear with your pros, like why you shared this pin with them and why you really, really like it. Yeah. And just for example, if a client were to show me a picture of a bride standing there holding a bouquet, I may look at it and see the specific flowers in her bouquet and think, oh, maybe she really likes ranunculus. Whereas my client may have pinned it just for the general shape of the bouquet and like the bride's hairstyle or something. I think it's safe to say that as you go through specific pins, it goes back to editing your boards. But when you sit down with your florist or your cake designer, you're not going to go through every single pin with your pro. I like to say, send them the link, let them look through it, and then Pick out, then pick out specific pins that really sing to your soul and let them browse through it and let a conversation flow. If they're good, they'll know what to ask you, but don't be afraid to have the conversation with them. Because really what you're trying to do is just get the pro to understand your vision for your wedding so that they can execute and really do a great job for you. That's true. I know on a personal level, I'm not always the best at explaining what I can see in my head. Mm -hmm. So I've used Pinterest on multiple occasions to better articulate what it is I'm trying to explain or describe or or can see so that it's just a very clear way of communicating what's on my mind. Yeah. Okay, guys, before we wrap up today's episode, I just wanted to quickly recap everything that we talked about today, at least the key takeaways. So the first thing is secret boards. Discussing whether or not secret boards are best for you and your wedding versus having all of your boards being visible to the entire world. The second is having more than one wedding-related Pinterest board, breaking it out into those categories to help organize things a little bit better for your life. Finally, Pinterest is great for inspiration, but not for stealing or trying to copying everything that you see on Pinterest. Be realistic to what works best for you. And if you guys have some really great tips on how you use Pinterest for your wedding or just for your personal life, feel free to pass them along. Leave us a comment, send us a message. We'd really love to hear from you. As part of our new experimental show format, we're introducing a yet-to-be-named segment with a tip from me to you. Today's tip is an app that I'm using called Headspace. This isn't an ad or anything. It's just something I'm using right now, and I'm, I'm really digging it. Headspace is an app that I found that allows me to carve a little time back into my day and keeps me keeps me focused. I sit down every day for like 10 minutes and follow a guided meditation from this awesome Australia guy named Andy. And every episode starts out with him going, hi, I'm Andy. I've been using it for the past week. And so far, it's been really awesome. I think it's something you eventually have to pay for. But there's a lot of meditation apps out there. And I've just been really loving what it's doing for my productivity. All right, listeners, thank you so much for listening to another episode of Put a Ring on It. As always, don't forget to head to our website for show notes and more. Today's episode can be found at putaringonitpodcast.com slash 008. We're going to have links. Our Pinterest boards will be up there. All kinds of things that we talked about from today's episode. And as always, help us keep growing by reviewing and subscribing us and just sharing our podcast with your friends. Send us a message with your wedding question on the website. We're going to do a Q&A episode at the end of the season, and we'd really love to hear from you and, and know what questions you have. We'll see you soon.